dig that fire. Everyone knows a fire's natural enemy is dirt. That film sounds shit. for this. Welcome to the podcast nobody asked for's League of Good Bad Movies with me Ian Harris and me Graham Jones and this is our monthly mini-sode where we watch a film chosen by you our loyal listener and then we talk about it and generally lament having to watch it. Yeah and watch it again in between all of that which is increasingly I think every time we do these, especially if it's one that we've seen before, it's like, ah, we're watching X movie for the fifth time, and we still haven't seen some classics like Godfather 2. Yeah, so I I made a a point of, so out of the IMDb top five, I have only seen three of them, but I have seen Tiptoes four times. (laughs) What is the IMDb top five? Uh, So it's Shawshank Redemption. Okay, yeah, seen that. uh, Which I've seen two or three times. Godfather, which I've seen once. Godfather Part 2. Yeah. The Dark Knight. And then 12 Angry Men. Okay. So I've never seen 12 Angry Men, which I apologize. But again, tiptoes four times. So the plan is we are going to pretend we haven't already watched it and then are recording this intro the day after. Uh, Go off, watch tiptoes, and then come back and talk through the plot of it, our general thoughts and feelings, trivia, our top three moments from the film, and then talk about where it ends on the league of the League of Good Bad Movies. Um... As is tradition, mm. do you remember the films uh, we picked from this week? Yes, because I just pulled them up on Instagram because I had forgotten. <laughs> uh, so I had gone for the Jason Statham classic, The Meg, and the obvious spiritual follow-up to The Matrix uh, trilogy, Jupiter Ascending. Yep, and I went for our ultimate winner, Tiptoes, and Barb Wire, which as far as I can tell is a very bad Pamela Anderson-led superhero movie which is basically Casablanca. And porn. And possibly porn. Yeah. <laughs> it was interesting. We got a lot of hate for picking The Meg as a good bad movie. Yeah, I don't... Come on, people. Like, it's a lot of fun, but it's definitely a good bad movie. It was, it was Roadhouse all over again. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we need to... When we've got four of these films that like get a lot of hate for being a, a good bad movie, we'll put them all into a single vote. Roadhouse, The Meg, and... and see what... Or we just go straight to a vote, a straight shootout between the two. Oh, yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, what is good is so, so I'm given I think Time Cop may have surprised us last month. This month, I am very glad Tiptoes was picked. Oh, yeah, I, it, I do love it. It got bought up on a couple of episodes over the last couple of weeks, and it's just it, it was time, Graham. It was time. Yeah. We, funnily enough, we recently hit the, we hit the anniversary of me having watched it for the first time. <laughs> because uh, a friend of mine uh, and I were staying up to watch, I think it was it was either the Game of Thrones final season premiere or the finale, mm. um, and we decided to watch uh, a film featuring someone from Game of Thrones, so we went for Tiptoes. Nice. Well, if it was, if it was sort of 
August September time, then it would have been the start of the season. Then, I yeah, would have thought. must have been the premiere. Yeah, yeah. So we uh, watched uh, that, and then we double billed it with the room, and then we watched Game of Thrones. It was an interesting evening. So are we going to pretend we're going to go and watch the film? Yes, yeah, so let's pretend to go and watch the film, even though we've already watched it. Even though we've already watched it yesterday. Yesterday. Cool. Is is the implication that Matthew McConaughey is asleep? Fucked a baby. <laughs> And we're back. That was tiptoes. After, after definitely having just watched the film. I, I believe this week you are going to regale us with the plot <laughs> summary of tiptoes for all those people out there yet to see. Yes, I, I am. Um, <clears throat> apologies in advance if there is a, a break in this for a coughing fit because this bastard cough still hasn't gone away. <laughs> but I am reliably in, informed by the... Uh, 932 lateral flow tests I've done it is not covid yay um <clears throat> so tiptoes is a star studded film and when i say star studded film it uh it includes three oscar winners and an emmy winner about matthew mcconaughey his twin bro- brother gary oldman who is about 11 years his senior and happens to also be a dwarf and the implications that this has on the unplanned pregnancy between matthew mcconaughey and kate beckinsale mostly because he's hidden the fact that he's the only typical sized person in the family of dwarves from her for the entirety of their relationship despite them being engaged and living together and the worries that this stirs up about the health of their unborn child we also get a fiery french peter dinglage 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 shack up with a dreadlock peter dinglage <laughs> shack up with a dreadlocked Patricia Arquette who he met on the side of the road after she was kicked off a bus kicked off the bus from Dumb and Dumber <laughs> <laughs> kicked off the bus from Dumb and Dumber yeah basically we get to experience such she- scenes as Woodland Fireman Academy where you dig fires out rather than use water um the Little People's Defence League conference, Peter Dinklage going on a Marxist rant against the Little People's Defence League and Kate Beckinsale keeping her newborn baby next to a stack of weights it is a wild wild ride I cannot believe it got made. <sighs> Tiptoes. Tiptoes is one of... Uh, we've, we've talked about this before. So we did uh, a precursor to the League of Good Bad Movies was we did a top three Good Bad Movies episode yeah. um, many, many moons ago. And Tiptoes was one of our choices. So on that episode, I think I talked at length about how much I love talking about Tiptoes and it still stands. It's incredible. Yeah, well, I did the whole thing. I think we mentioned on the last episode when Tiptoes came up, which is why I bought the DVD on Live On Air about the whole like showing it to a bar full of people um, because it's that much of an insane film that you kind of have to you have to kind of see it, at least see the um, the trailer to, to believe it. But then I say that you see the trailer and you, as I think we said before, you automatically think, oh, it's a, it's an SNL sketch. That's funny. A hundred percent. I thought it was an SNL sketch when I first saw it. The, the trailer, which we will put in the episode notes, is well worth watching for the simple phrase, and in the role of a lifetime, Gary Oldman. <laughs> because Gary Oldman is playing a dwarf in this film while standing on his knees with some kind of harness that makes his arms look small. Yeah. And, and an ever-changing hunchback. But also, his arms don't look that small. No. And also, Gary Oldman, like... Ten years prior to this, made Leon the Professional. Yeah, no one, <laughs> nobody, when they made this film, was in a point in their career where they needed to make this film. No, it I'm just it's 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 okay. Oh. But I don't, I don't know how they got like. Does did Matthew Bright like have something on all of these guys? So well, I mean, so that that that's the interesting thing, right? So so Matthew Bright wrote and directed it. Uh, not if you look at the the credits, but we'll no. we'll, we'll get yeah. to that. <laughs> 
So before this, he directed a film called Freeway, which was basically a gritty Red Riding Hood. Yeah. Freeway 2, Confessions of a Trick Baby, <laughs> and Bundy, which was a Ted Bundy movie. They, and, clearly, they clearly used the trick baby in tiptoes because it did not <laughs> yeah. at any point look like Kate Beckinsale was actually holding a baby. Yeah. And then and after that, he went on to do tiptoes and he has not worked again. He apparently came up with the idea when he was 18 as, and I quote, a raucous comedy about little people fucking each other. Yeah, I've got that in my notes too. <laughs> and then 30 years later, his stepdad gave a copy of the script to the guy who made Cops. Yeah, so <laughs> it basically turns out that if the TV show Cops didn't exist, neither would Tiptoes because the guy who... He didn't realise, right? Because it's like his, da- his dad's neighbour that... Um, something like that yeah that was the yeah. guy that made cops and he didn't realize that this guy was had made it was like a multimillionaire off the back of cops which is a i mean a very popular but very problematic tv show yeah so without if cops didn't exist we probably wouldn't have tiptoes that it's, would truly be the darkest timeline <laughs> it's a hell of a butterfly effect yeah. but for what for what you were saying about people how it got so many people in um, we'll get on to how they got kate beckinsale involved but the original cut of the movie was an hour, uh, sorry, 150 minutes long and premiered at, have you got the name of the film festival? Harry Knowles's Butt Numathon Film Festival. <laughs> so it was a 150 minute cut. Matthew Bright was then immediately fired. Yeah. And the film re-edited by the producers into 90 minutes. And that 90 minutes was then showed at Sundance and Matthew was dragged off of the stage by producers after criticizing the film. Yeah, so he basically jumped up and was like, I don't know if it was either introducing it or like a post. I think it was afterwards. But yeah, absolutely ripping it to shreds. Yeah. But he claims that Gary Oldman fully supported it and paid for his ticket to Sundance from Mexico just so he could do that. <laughs> well, I think, like, so P- Peter Dinklage has referred to it as uh, the director's cut as gorgeous. I. So Nicholas, we've we've butchered this guy's name before. Nicholas Winding Ruffin. That's Ruffin. the one. Yeah, uh, the man behind podcast favorite Bronson. Yeah, uh, the film, not the prisoner. Um, podcast favorite. Well, I actually, oh, I'm not going to say it because we've got an episode coming up where I can talk about it. Nice. So <laughs> Bronson, uh, Bronson, uh, Nicholas Winding Ruffin is a huge fan of Tiptoes, apparently. So they sent him a copy of the director's cut. Yeah, he's one of the only people that yeah. has it, right? Which means there are there are copies of the director's mm-hmm. cut, and I need one. This this is a more worthy cause than the Snyder cut. A hundred percent. We need the bright cut. There's there's of, a lot. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of very similar blood between Justice League and Tiptoes, obviously. Um, yeah. But I yeah I would love to see what the original cut actually looked like because you, you can you can tell. There are huge bits of the film missing. Oh, yeah. Just from the sense that like from one fade out of one scene to another about either an hour a day or six months has gone by. Yeah. And like proper fading out as well. It's like a trigger happy teen making a PowerPoint presentation. Yeah, It fades, not even fades into the other scene. It fades to black. And then, and then suddenly again. you're anywhere between two and six months down the line. Yeah, I was, or suddenly she's had a baby. I was half expecting like one of those, you know, like the twister yeah. transitions on PowerPoint. 
<laughs> the, the Captain Scarlet. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Suddenly, Dwarf Hospital. That would, that would be great, to be fair. I'd like it. I'd like to see the Captain Scarlet Tiptoes mashup. But again, like, if randomly on one transition they did a Captain Scarlet homage, yeah. that wouldn't hit the top three list of weirdest things in this film. Oh, no, definitely not. So Peter Dinklage, there was obviously a lot of <laughs> a lot of outcry with Gary Oldman playing a dwarf by standing on his knees. Uh, Peter Dinklage has gone on record now as saying, I have my own opinions about political correctness, but it was just like, it's Gary Oldman. He could do whatever he wants, and I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you too read the Yahoo News article. Uh, I, I, read, I read an article because I think it's... We've both read articles referencing a New York Times article that ah. is behind a paywall. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, and talking about, I know we spoke, I spoke earlier about like how they convinced people to be in it, and you mentioned Kate Beckinsale. So she apparently, like, it wasn't even a money thing. So Kate Beckinsale agreed to do this for Screen Actors Guild minimum wage, <laughs> if on the condition. That she could, that her character wore the lucky hat, her lucky hat. Well, of course she did. Of course, that's a thing that happens. It wasn't even that great a hat. It, it was. It wasn't a bad hat. It wasn't a bad hat. But it could only be described as like an Ebenezer Scrooge sleeping cap. Yeah, yeah. But also, like with baubles. Yeah, but also, I mean, do you have any item of clothing that you'd be like? Well, yeah, actually, yeah, I will do this for minimum wage if you let me wear this item of clothing because I don't. No, <laughs> no. Un- un- unless it was like a one day thing and I could convince someone, like, oh, you want me to be in Macbeth? Okay, cool. All right, I'll do it for four pounds an hour. Yeah. Uh, but I want to wear this Batman costume. Yeah. And I am playing one of the witches. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's just a fucking crazy film. I, I couldn't, again, I can't stress enough that we have watched this multiple, multiple times. Nothing in it makes sense. Like the... I know during the introductions, we generally go a bit, or in the plot summary, we generally go a bit OTT and sarcastic, but the Little People Defense League is a literal thing in the film. Yeah. And the Little People Defense League talk about... <laughs> There's a literal conversation about negative portrayal of dwarfs and little people in cinema. Yeah. And they're saying that in a film where Gary Oldman is standing on his knees playing the main character. I'm really intrigued as to what what he thinks. Yeah. Like, looking back now, obviously, times have changed, and I don't think he would particularly look that favourably on it. But also, we're coming, we're coming at it from an angle of, like, would it have been different? It was do, 2003. Do, do... Yeah. Like it's we're not saying this wasn't a film that came out in the like seventies or eighties and you're yeah, like ah oh, yeah that was you know they were still doing like things like you know some of the stuff that gets brought up on like um, Forty Towers and things like yeah. that or uh, you know fucking Lenny Henry being on the Minstrel Show and stuff like that like or not the no was it the Minstrel Show that Lenny Henry was on or he was on something so. where he was basically the butt of the jokes but yeah yeah we're not even we're not even close like two thousand and three like. That's that's not that long ago. <laughs> oh, well, we'll be coming up to the twentieth anniversary soon. I'm assuming they're going to release. That's when the direct double that's... disc special features of it. Oh my! Do you know I would be all over that. But there's yeah, like 
the dwarf hospital. Yeah, I don't know if that's actually a thing. Yeah, so when she when she does give birth, her doctor's a dwarf. Everyone in the hospital seems to be a dwarf, and then Matthew McConaughey puts his fist through a wall. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey also looks like he's on a come down from like a week's worth of crack. Well, yeah, and like he he walks out right. Yeah, and then the next scene is him coming back and like her apologizing, and like nothing with his character from about halfway through makes sense. And like you said, his his job is he te- he's a fireman teacher. Yeah, but. They never use water. Yeah, they're not at all. Um, He's I, pioneering dirt mechanics. <laughs> I looked up Dwarf Hospital just to see if it's a thing, and the only thing I've found is... Ever heard of that game Dwarf Fortress, which is meant to be like one of the most difficult... No. <laughs> so there's a... It's, well, basically, anyway, there's a game called Dwarf Fortress that is... Um, like, I th- it's either renowned for being really, really difficult or like impossible to complete or something along those lines. Yeah. And I just, it's just the Dwarf Fortress wiki on healthcare. The hospital is a zone designated by the zone menu. Hospitals use any beds, blah, 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 blah. So um, outside of the universe of Dwarf Fortress, um, I don't think Dwarf Hospitals are an actual thing. Good to know. <laughs> it's like they just decided he was French. Okay, so trivia. Uh, number one, Gary Oldman's 11 years older than Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Uh, question: What is more believable, Gary Oldman being a dwarf or Gary Oldman being the twin brother of Matthew McConaughey? Oh, absolutely, Gary Oldman being a dwarf because he looks nothing like Matthew McConaughey and definitely looks older than him. Yep, <laughs> that is the correct answer. <laughs> Number two, and this was great because this is actually a featured article. Gary Oldman's portrayal of a dwarf was achieved through Oldman walking on his knees. <laughs> <laughs> Like you mentioned, the whole lucky hat thing. Yeah. Um, on her first day of filming, the producers demanded she remove the hat. And Matthew Bright had to turn around and say, the hat is the only reason she's making this film. Yeah. But didn't, yeah, because he was like, we're saving millions. That, that was what, where the whole like SAG minimum wage thing came in. But I think as well, like there was a big falling out between the producers and Bright as a result of the hat, which yeah. got him like, I don't know if he got removed from the film or he at least like left the set that day. Yeah. Yeah. It was the start of a fragile relationship. Uh, that relationship obviously kept getting worse up until him being fired and then recutting the film. Uh, Matthew Bright then demanded his uh, name be removed as a screenwriter and to be replaced. Do you know what his uh, pen name was? I did read it, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Bill Weiner. <laughs> so Tiptoes is now officially written by Bill Weiner. And uh, there was a character called Sally. Sally is kind of the on-again, off-again girlfriend of Gary Oldman's character. I like how we have not referred to anybody by their actual character name. No, and you know why? Because they deserve to be outed as starring in Tiptoes. Yes. So, (laughs) Sally is this girlfriend character. Um, She sleeps with this Palestinian man because of all the things happening on the Gaza Strip. Um, (coughs) Her Palestinian boyfriend then beats the shit out of Gary Oldman. Um, They then get back together only for her to fuck this TV personality at a dwarf house party in a room with glass walls. No curtains. Yeah, everybody seems surprised. So Gary Oldman opens the door and turns the light on and discovers them, and everybody then realises what is going on, even though everybody would have been able to see what was happening. Yeah. Um, So she was played by her stage name, 
is Bridget the Midget. Bridget is a, a adult, an adult actress who has made anywhere between 65 and 110 films. But Ian, everyone in this film are adults. And actors and actresses. Bridget the Midget is a porn star. Uh, my introduction to Bridget the Midget was from my dad. Um, but that's a conversation I'm just going to leave there because it's obviously not as weird as that sounds, but I'm just going to throw that sentence out into the room because technically it's not incorrect. Uh, Bridget the Midget currently faces 15 years in prison for stabbing her boyfriend in the leg with a butter knife while finding out he was sleeping with another woman. Fair enough. Yep. She's also, and this isn't really true, it's just an observation, the spitting image of Gwen Stefani. Oh, massively so. It, it's, yeah. it's kind of surreal. Yeah. So apparently there's also a, um, a, a big subplot that was cut from the movie with uh, Matthew McConaughey. So, you know, we, we were watching the film and the, uh, the trainee fire women. Oh, he randomly... But also, they, he drove them there yeah. and then leaves them there. <laughs> yeah. So um, apparently, this would all, and I'm using strong inverted commas here, make sense yeah. in the director's cut because there is a whole thing with him having an affair with the, um, yeah. the blonde one. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense <laughs> rather than him just inviting some students to students to a dwarf house party. Yeah. Oh, dwarf house party. That's another indie band name, isn't it? Um, absolutely. Yeah. Um, um, it sounds like uh, one of the reasons that Gary Oldman was in this is that he had a touch of the Nicolas Cages in that he sunk a load of money into um, a film called Nil by Mouth, which was his... Oh, which to be fair, is supposed to be a very good film. Directorial debut. Yeah. Um, but basically he didn't have... He, he was broke, so was taking any indie film role that met his pay rate. Shit. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Which does make a lot of sense. I think Nil by Mouth <laughs> is Ray Winston. Oh, really? Yeah. God, imagine Ray Winston playing a dwarf. That's a different <laughs> film entirely. Ray Cause... Winston could play like, uh, like a Lord of the Rings dwarf. Yeah. Oh. He, must, he must have done some fantasy thing like that before. <laughs> he couldn't fall down properly because he's standing on his knees. <laughs> Top three moments. Top three moments. So I, my third place one was really tricky because it was either... I'm, I'm going to mention them both and I'll pick one. It was either the fact that Kate Beckinsale doesn't know what the word ambivalent means. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Or the fact that in this, in the Tiptoes universe, they exclusively use dirt to put out fires. It's, I, I, oh, I don't know. Putting, my, my favourite thing with the putting fire out with dirt scene is the fire doesn't go out. Yeah. It's just him shoveling dirt <laughs> towards a fire. Yeah, and, and then, then running up a happens. hill. Yeah, I, th- I, think, I think that has to take it, but on a special mention for the fact that Kate Beckinsale keeps telling, keeps telling Matthew McConaughey that he's ambivalent about dwarves, despite actually meaning that he doesn't like them, but that's not what ambivalent means. Yeah. <laughs> so number three for me is, so after Kate Beckinsale finds out that Matthew McConaughey's entire family are dwarves, uh, they have a nice tender scene where she's talking about his experiences growing up around little people. And she uses the phrase, I'm going to try and give this the weight it deserves, because it's a very romantic line. So you had a circle jerk with a bunch of little people. I would have loved to see that. How did that get, like, how did that get into the film? I have no idea. Because she would love to see that, which is, which, let's not beat around the bush here, is... She said she wants to watch a load of dwarf children have a circle jerk. But as she's saying it, she's clearly, like, 
she's like she's like getting turned on to the point yeah. that she's like pulling Matthew McConaughey closer to her in bed like they're gonna yeah. then have their own little circle jerk yeah oh that's a speaking speaking about uh pulling Matthew McConaughey closer <laughs> to you in bed uh <laughs> worth mentioning the reason she's pregnant is because Matthew McConaughey fucks in his sleep so when she when they find out she's pregnant um he says oh but we always use protection it's like oh apart from like the three or four times a week when we're when in you, bed you, when it's you like you up. remember those right yeah yeah, Which, yeah, that's it. That's an interesting take. But you know, to be fair, I, I probably wouldn't sleep that well in their very well lit room when they're sleeping. That's oh, in their op- open plan <laughs> warehouse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Number two. Number two is uh, already mentioned, but um, secret fucking in a glass house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so just to just to really paint a picture, they're obviously they're trying to find Fade in, Sally, nut. Sally, um, Bridget the midget, Bridget the midget. Um, which I'm not okay with saying. Um, uh, I think she also goes by Bridget Powers. Okay. So it's the lights are off in this room, right? But it is it's essentially, I guess it's like a conservatory kind of setup. It's you at least see three. Well, it's, it's a wanky rich house, which is basically made of glass. Right? Yeah. Like there are, there are very few walls. But this is like, this is jutting out into where everyone's outside dancing, frolicking, having a good time. So it's not like. You know, they were tucked away or anything. And yes, the lights are out, but it was glass all the way around and there were no curtains, no anything. And the only time anyone notices what's going on is when, um, yeah, Gary Oldman turns the lights on because that is when you would see stuff. Like, I'm sure you would have, A, you would have seen like movement through the glass. Yeah, because it's glass. That's how glass works. B, you'd have probably heard something. And C, like, what? <laughs> but also, if a minor celebrity disappeared off with yeah. someone at a party, you would generally notice? Yeah, absolutely. And also, again, maybe maybe in some of the cuts we missed what happens. But even after this, uh, Sally is still Gary Oldman's date to the um, Orthodox Jewish wedding. The Orthodox Jewish wedding in a field. In, in, in a, a park. In a park. In a park. <laughs> so my number two is Peter Dinklage at the... So while... Sally is fucking this guy who looks like a James Brown impersonator. <laughs> uh, Peter Dinklage is talking to the president of the Little People's Defense League in a conversation where he uses the phrase change comes from the barrel of a gun. So that's hinting at the idea that Peter Dinklage... Uh, so Peter Dinklage plays a guy called Maurice who gets Frencher and Frencher as the film goes on. <laughs> but... By saying change comes down the barrel of the, from the, the barrel of the gun, he's suggesting like a dwarf separatist movement. I think it's a combination of that or like some some general kind of Marxist coup. Yeah, and it, it could just be also that he's a, he's a right diva when he's hungry because he then goes talking about how the food's terrible and he just wants crabs. He's <laughs> like, <laughs> you call this cuisine? <laughs> That was a bad French accent, but it was a perfect impression of the French accent from Tiptoes. <laughs> but it, it's an interesting thing because, yeah, in that scene, he's also talking about, like, oh, we're so cute and cuddly. Yeah. Why do you discriminate against us? Like, lampooning what the Little People Defence League are doing. Yeah. Which is exactly what Tiptoes is doing. Oh, yeah. It's, it it's right, layer upon layer. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's right up there with... So what nearly made my top three was seeing where the parents meet. Yeah. 
So Kate Beckinsale brings her parents to meet Matt McConaughey's parents, who are, who are obviously dwarfs. And she doesn't tell her parents that they're dwarfs. Yep. And her parents are obviously a little bit like, oh, a bit of a heads up would have been nice. Yeah. And Kate Beckinsale, well, I don't, I didn't think it mattered. Yeah. It's like, well, you did think it mattered because, because that's it's the, the entire, entire plot, plot of the, the film. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh. and number one, am I going to assume we've done the same one? Uh, yep. Three, two, one. Sitting Gary in the couch. Sitting in a chair. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so Gary Oldman rocks up to um, the warehouse. Uh, Warehouse house. Warehouse house where Matthew McConaughey and Kate Beckinsale live and is chilling with Kate Beckinsale, having a chat. This is where he first says that he's her, uh, what will be her future brother-in-law, etc., etc. And he goes to sit down on the sofa. Where, whereas you and I would maybe sit on the sofa? Turns out Gary, <laughs> Gary Oldman sits in the sofa um, because he has some very obvious fake legs sticking out of the sofa to make him look uh, little people-sized. And yeah. they're not even particularly convincing. I think the left leg, at least in this scene, is very badly stuffed. Yeah, it looks like it. It looks like someone has just stuffed it with some newspaper, and I'm fairly sure that's probably what they did. Yeah, it, it's so. So they obviously do a lot of stuff to hide the fact that Gary Oldman isn't a dwarf, including they have to give him a walking stick to explain why he walks. Like I don't know. A man standing on his knees. <laughs> and d- d- just to throw back to when you were talking about the bit where um, the Palestinian guy is beating yeah. him up, there's, he, he like knocks him hard <laughs> enough that Gary Oldman should fall over, but clearly because he's on his knees, he doesn't. <laughs> he just springs back up. <laughs> and like when he, when he goes to sit on, uh, I think when he's trying to escape the Palestinian guy, yeah, he like tries to jump onto a chair. Yeah. But it's just him, like, launching. It's basically like he's trying to rugby tackle, because that's the only <laughs> way for him to jump up onto something. There's also, like, then really jarring what can only be described as dwarf stunt doubles <coughs> for, like, long shots of Gary Oldman, which only serves to show how out of proportion Gary Oldman is. Yeah, it's... Yeah. And then very, badly, very badly done CGI uh, feet. It's... Yeah. The... The the picture of Gary Oldman, inverted commas, sitting on the sofa is saved on my phone and I show it to people regularly. It is, a, it is the perfect take home from, that describes the film and the problems with the film. Yeah, if you were to sum, if you were to sum Tiptoes Up in one image, it would be that. You've just pissed on that and now you've put it on top of your coffee cup. What is wrong with you? So I had a look through some reviews. Yes. So somehow this has 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. Excellent. Um, but it's also only been reviewed 10 times because it was a piece <laughs> of shit. So Pop Matters say it substitutes smolts for sincerity to create a heated hate crime all of its own. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Variety refers to it as an honourable failure, which I think might be fair, but I don't know. Failure? Yes. Yeah. Honourable Gary Oldman standing on his knees. Yeah, I am. I'm so intrigued by this director's cut, though. I'm yeah. so intrigued. Like, out of all of the things, like, if you could, if if it was a choice between seeing, I don't know, the the Shroud of Turin or the Matthew Bright cut of Tiptoes, I'm choosing Tiptoes oh, ten times out of ten. Because, like, don't get me wrong, like, the film is awful. Like, the film it is oh, it's dreadful. terrible. 
But at least part of the reason it's terrible is because it has obviously been cut by someone who doesn't give a shit about the film. Yeah. Um, especially the last 20 minutes. <laughs> what do you mean where it just ends? Oh, yeah, 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 that's a good one. It's Soprano ends. Yeah. But the last 20 minutes go through, what, eight months? Mm. Nothing, nothing makes sense anymore. It's just like, right, we've got to just, let's just wrap this up now. Uh, real film reviews say never quite becomes as bad as it sounds primarily thanks to the expectedly stellar performances no no there, there's nothing nothing good even down to the fact that matthew mcconaughey and gary oldman have differing southern accents despite being yes. twins they were clearly given <laughs> notes of yeah do a southern accent yeah. and then both did different ones yeah it's also quite interesting to think that the majority of actors in this main actors in this film English because Kate Beckinsale is Gary Oldman is Peter Dinklage no Peter Dinklage is American oh is he American okay. you just think he's English because he appears in fantasy stuff yeah, yeah okay okay so two let's say of the main, main characters then two out of five yeah and then I mean <laughs> and then three three of the four oh, no uh, Patricia Arquette's Oscar yeah she had an Oscar that's what yeah. said so the uh, three of them yeah. have got Oscars, and uh, Peter Dinklage got an Emmy. Yeah, like it, it's they're all very respected actors in their own right. Even if Patricia Arquette is a cornerstone of good bad movie watching. Yeah. Um. I also searched on Amazon. So on Amazon, this is a four point three. So one Amazon customer reviewed this with a review entitled "It's about a small Gary Oldman." Right. Um. I thought it was a piss take, but it's actually kind of all right. Five stars. <laughs> and someone called Cano Zebra gave it a one-star review. Uh, in his review, he used the phrase, take a good long look at yourself and how you're spending your free time. Just think of what you could have done if you hadn't watched this film. And we've watched it, or I've watched it four times. That I've is six it. hours of my life spent yeah. watching Tiptoes. I've, I've watched it twice. Um, so together, nine hours. Nine hours, and we own it on DVD. Or you own oh, no, it on sorry, DVD. you've watched it. Is it a two-hour film? Uh, hour and a half. Hour and a half. Okay, yeah. Okay, so yeah, feels like a two-hour film. Yeah, it, and it also feels like it should have been a two and a half hour film. So we in in that time we could have at least watched the uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah, one and a half Irishmans. One and a half Irishmans. <laughs> hey guys, you may have heard all of that because we were only standing about six feet away from you. That brings us on to. Uh, where does this sit in the league of the league of good bad movies? So. For we're still new enough to this that I think we can kind of go through everything. So yep. in in at number six was Super Mario Bros. Number five was Time Cop. Yeah. Number four is Showgirls. Yep. Number three is Hell Comes to Frogtown. Number two is Troll Two, and number one is Vampire's Kiss. Mm. What 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 are you thinking? I am thinking. I think this is um, it's it's up there. For, to use to use the uh, to use a football analogy, it's in the Champions League places, <laughs> and I think that it probably comes in just and marginally just below Vampire's Kiss. I I th- I think so as well. Um, I I would definitely. It is good. Like, I know Troll Two is it is a masterpiece of good bad cinema, but yeah. there is some. I enjoy talking about Tiptoes so much. Tiptoes has the it added is um, fascinating. Yeah, and it has the added fact that it is three Oscar winners and an Emmy winner doing yeah. this. Yeah, it's. I like how because you uh, you're ill, that sounded so dramatic. 
<laughs> but yeah, so I, I would put it in at two. Um, I'm also going to propose that... You've we... already proposed, and not to me. I like what you did there. <laughs> I would also like to bring to the table... Um, I want to move Showgirls up one. What's, what's it currently below at the moment? Hell Comes to Frogtown. Yeah, do you know what? It's, I think it's, it's marinated enough. Yeah. I, 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 we've, I've mentioned this every episode since we've watched it, but I can't stop thinking about it. No. I, I didn't, immediately afterwards, I didn't appreciate it for what it was because it is an awful, awful piece of shit. But the more distance I put away from it, it's like, you know what? It might be, Yeah. I think it's a masterpiece. I, yeah, I think so. I think it's, um, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay with the, uh, with the, the points deduction for Hell Comes to Frogtown. <laughs> Well, it, it, it's um, yeah. It, it's like we said with tiptoes. Like I enjoy talking about tiptoes, arguably more than I enjoy watching tiptoes. And yeah. Showgirls is definitely in that territory as well. So yeah, so tiptoes comes in. It's uh, it's on the podium for now. Uh, we'll just have to see. Are, are we going to do a? Uh, we'll do a Champions League episode where we try and narrow down. We'll uh, bracket up the top spaces. I think see yeah. What the... I think once we've got to how many are we at now? Seven. 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 Maybe once we're at like uh, at twelve, so you've yeah. got six on each side of the bracket. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we could, and maybe put it out to a vote. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah. And I, for I, our loyal Patreon listeners, um, we can do like some nice uh, like World Cup style <laughs> uh, wall charts that they can fill in themselves. And your the podcast nobody asked for sticker album. <laughs> yeah, we'll get uh, was it Panini? Panini. We'll yeah. get Panini on the phone. Yeah. See what they have to say. Well, the problem answer will be, sorry, who are you? <laughs> How did you get this number? But yeah, tiptoes. I still can't quite fathom I've watched this four times. I know for a fact before the year is up, I'm probably going to have watched it again. Oh, absolutely. Well, we've got, I've got a DVD now. So yeah. it's, it's a DVD without reach. any special features. It's, yeah, that's, that's a shame. I would love to hear. The, who would you want on the director's commentary? Um, just Matthew Bright talking about what the film should have been. <laughs> no, because it would be Matthew Bright just yelling for an hour. You wouldn't know what was going on. I want Gary Oldman. I want Gary Oldman. I, actually, I want, the, I want our four award winners. Yeah, and then Matthew in a Bright room. shouting through a window. Yeah. <laughs> My cut is beautiful. It should have been so much better than this. <laughs> so if uh, I strongly encourage you to watch Tiptoes, it, it, it beggars belief, Graham. It does. Um, once you have, uh, drop us a message on Instagram at the podcast nobody asked for and let us know what you thought. And also remember to give us any uh, any other good, bad movie choices for these episodes. Because yes. they're a lot of fun. I'm, I'm enjoying these. And we'll have a, there'll be a new vote up within in the coming days. In the coming days. If you want to help us get the hashtag release the bright cut message trending on Twitter. Please do so and tag us at nobody else for pod with the number four. You can also find us there on Facebook and you can find links to all of these wonderful things at www.thepodcastnobodyasked4.co.uk. And if you are Matthew Bright, please send us the director's cut. I am legitimately interested in watching it. Matthew Bright, if you send us the director's cut, we will we will watch it. We will watch it over again. We'll watch it with you if you want. We will invite you on the podcast. We'll do a special episode. We've only ever done that for Midsummer so far. So um, so you're in good company. You're in good saying, company. Matt. Yeah. Um, Matt. So I, yeah, Matt. I feel like we can call you Matt. Yeah, Matty B. Matty Come B. on down, Matty Brighty Bright. <laughs> um, 
And as Graham said, we are now on Patreon, so you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the podcast nobody asked for. And uh, yeah, I'm so happy we watched Tiptoes. It's fucking insanity. It is. Um, and yeah, if you do nothing else, just watch the trailer because it's. The, the, the trailer is wild enough, and then the film is something else. Yeah, it truly was the role of a lifetime. Ugh, no one asked for this. Obviously fake legs. <laughs>